You're listening to Josh Cohen and the home team with Dean Thomas and Tina. Delivered by Brightline. Live life on the bright side. This is ESPN 106.3. And welcome back. Hour two of Josh Cohen and the home team. I'm filling in for Josh Cohen. I am Dean Thomas. You hear me every day on this show. But now I am running the show because Josh is in the French Riviera while Tina is out. Probably at the Machine Gun Kelly concert right now, or at least en route to it. So I'm here holding it down with my boy Stone Labanovich. Yeah. You, know Stone. What you know Stone from Ken LeVick Alive that you hear every day here from 12 to 2. And now, if you know me, I like to bless you guys with something a little special. Every Thursday, I give you guys a sneak peek into my mind in a segment that we call Dean's Diary. Let me turn and this I'm, down. Let me turn this down because I know you got to go a cappella today. Yeah, I'm going a cappella today. Normally, I do it with a beat, but I, I don't like doing it on a beat when I'm out in location. As you know, I'm out in Austin, Texas, getting ready for the fights on Saturday. But for now, I will bless you all with Dean's Diary. It's game six tonight between Golden State and Boston. I couldn't care less because I'm chilling out in Austin. Celtics can't take a loss, and if Steph Curry gets hot, he's going to put a nail in the coffin. (laughs) So often these boys want smoke, I leave them coughing and dusted like the Sahara. I'll smack you up and black both your eyes like mascara. (laughs) But that was my past era. Because now I'm doing reality TV with Matt Sarah. And that was presented by the <laughs> Cleveland Clinic of Florida. This tough From bars specialized spinal care to renowned neurologists. Turn to us for every care in the world. Stone. Dean, I got to ask you, man, how long does it take you to come up? Because some of the bars are fire. Some of the, some I of, know, man. Some of hey, it's a co- real deal. I know, man. It don't take me that long. You know what I'm saying? I used to, you know what I'm saying? I used to rap a little bit when I was a teenager. So, like, writing for me is easy. Yeah, but we all used to rap when we were teenagers. I know. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, I'm creative. Even Jaron from West Palm, Steph Curry's light-skinned brother, he probably used to spit here and there back in his day. I think every, everybody, everybody had at least one song coming up in, in high school. Everybody had at least one song. No doubt. But the nail in the coffin line was the, the hit right there. <laughs> You know what I'm saying, boy? <laughs> so, as before we left, um, I said we would talk about some Greg Hardy stuff. Uh, I know Greg very well. I was his first MMA coach when he transitioned from the NFL to MMA. He didn't come over with high regard, I mean, and it was a long time. And I don't know if he ever really fully received the regard that he wanted to because of his reputation. But... I gave him. I always gave him the benefit of the doubt, and he was always a good dude to me. So I always treated him with respect, as he treated me with respect. But now, his last couple of fights in the UFC didn't go so well. He got cut from the UFC, and he just signed with bare knuckle boxing. And to me, and I've always said this, I'm grateful that. Guys in combat sports have another outlet when they're not with the UFC anymore. I'm grateful that they have another outlet to where they can make some money. But paranormal boxing to me, it just seems so brutal and violent. And, if I, and this is coming from a guy who fought in the cage, but it just seems so brutal and violent. And it's like a graveyard for retired MMA fighters. Yeah. And it, it sucks to me that, like, that that's what they have to do because like they have no other real like serviceable skills that they go from MMA to... Now just like 
putting tape on her hands and getting into a ring and just boxing each other to death in bare knuckle boxing. It seems like oh. Did, I got to ask you, though, because he's fighting Mike Perry. Did he get, like, a one-fight deal or something? Because I know he fights with Bellator currently. Who's that? Mike Perry. Oh, Mike Perry? Yeah, Mike Perry fights with Bellator. No, no, Mike Perry doesn't fight with Bellator. Mike Perry actually just fights for bare-knuckle boxing now. Like, ah. he's Yeah, he's not with Bellator. And what, what happened was he's fighting a guy from Bellator in a bare-knuckle event. Ah, got In it, got London. It, got it. Yeah, that's coming up in London. He's fighting a guy. But, um, it's man, it's... To me, I find it to be sad. Like, oh, <laughs> I don't see. Now, I would ask, like, I don't even think Greg Hardy's built like that, and that's only from what I'm seeing in UFC. And maybe he wasn't comfortable because he knew he wasn't crafted and he didn't have the skill he had. But he wasn't the bruiser that we all thought he was going to be. Like, can he even last in bare knuckle? Like, I'm well, that's, super nervous. Well, that's just what I'm nervous about too, because the things that didn't allow him to be a great MMA fighter weren't wasn't just skill. Like, it because he. When he first started training in MMA, and I can tell you this from experience because I trained him. When he first started training, his ceiling seemed very high. Like he was picking up techniques very quickly, and he was a better athlete than than I've ever seen. But then it stopped. But the problem wasn't necessarily his skill. It was his ability to take punches. He didn't have that. Like he didn't have the, like this insane ability to take punches and to be a and to be a fighter, you kind of have to have this ability to take punches. And he couldn't do that with gloves on. It's going to be weird to see how he does that without gloves. Like when he's taking a knuckle to the forehead. Like that's going to be a little different because his forehead's going to cut immediately. You take a knuckle to the cheek, it cuts immediately. To me, like I just don't know if this is the right avenue for him. I mean, I, I, I hear you and I feel like I have the same worries and I don't know it to the extent that you do, but Dean, Chris from West Palm Beach wants to ask you about the reality show with Mike Matt Sarah that you just mentioned. Oh, well, well, Chris, what's happening, man? What do you got? What's up, Dean? Um, I, so I spoke to you a while back um, and and uh, mentioned to you about the possibility of you guys being interested in doing a show uh, with the guys doing the base jumping out of the hot air balloons. Um, oh, yeah, Vegas. for sure, for and, sure. Uh, I, I uh, was actually just speaking to my family out there just recently, and they asked me if you was if you guys were still uh, possibly interested in doing that, that they would take care of you. What is this about Dean jumping out of a hot air balloon? Because I'm gonna tell you right <laughs> now, the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, no, they that they do they do that for fun. They do it for work. They that's what they do. They jump. They go. They do base jumping. They they go up in the hot air balloons. They they base jump out of them. Um, and uh, they they thought it would be a, a pretty killer. Uh, uh, show for you guys. I'm telling you, like as you talk about this, I'm getting nervous right now. Like I'm, <laughs> I mean, really, I'm got, I got like goosebumps thinking about jumping out of a hot air balloon. Like the the fear that I would have doing that. I mean, I would 100% do it. Don't get me wrong, but the fear that I would have go like going up in the balloon is scary enough, and having to jump out. And it's a parachute, yeah, right? No. I'm not I'm not gonna land in like water or like try to <laughs> land on a trampoline. No. <laughs> No, they 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 got the they got the shoots, and uh, like I said, I mean they, that's that's what they do, uh, and it it takes a special breed uh, to be able to get that high up in the balloon and actually be willing to jump out of it. Now, how high does the balloon go before you jump out? I, I'm I'm not sure what the how high they actually get. I know I know it varies when when they do the base jumping. I do believe they get hot. They get you know higher than what they would normally get, but I'm not sure the exact altitude that they that they go up before they jump out 
but they've they've done they've done reality shows uh before with uh red bull where uh some yeah. of the um bmx guys actually one guy jumped out of a plane and landed on their balloon uh while it was in the air it was pretty crazy stuff oh man that's crazy so, but yeah that's I mean, terrifying if 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 you're uh, if you're interested, they they actually just mentioned to me uh, recently uh, asking if you if if that's something you guys wanted to do that they would they would hook you you and Dana and all of you guys up. Well, yeah. So yeah, hey Stone, get his number and then we will we will make this <laughs> most definitely, Chris. I Chris, appreciate the call, brother. Yeah, appreciate the call. So what we were talking about before was the transition of combat or athletes going over to combat sports so for us for me greg hardy going into uh bare knuckle boxing is one thing but that almost feels like him going into mma initially has to be has to make regular sports fans and i'm going to refer to you guys as regular sports fans feel some type of way and this isn't that wasn't the first one and he's not the only one i mean we have you know frank gore made his professional boxing debut just recently, a few months ago, he knocked out his opponent, Yaya Olorunsolo. He face-planted this guy. But prior to that, he had a boxing match on the Jake Paul card with Tyron Woodley. Ocho Cinco also had a boxing match against a guy, Brian Maxwell. I mean, that one was awesome for me. Did you see that fight? I did see that fight. I actually watched it with a, with a, with a group of people, and his footwork, and his hand speed, like they were gassing him up on the broadcast, and I, I think overall, like he surprised us. I think everybody was impressed as far as like just regular casual viewers. Well, I mean that's what I was saying. Like he was impressive. However, he fought a guy who was probably a Uber driver in his day job. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, so so the guy he fought. Just to put things in context, right? All right. So Ocho saying, let's say he looks pretty good, but to put things in context. He was 0-3 as a bare-knuckle fighter, the guy who fought Brian Maxwell. And two of those losses were by knockout. He was 0-1 in boxing, and he was 2-3 in MMA. So, like, he fought a guy who was probably pretty terrible. Yeah. I mean, I, I could imagine. Well, who else was he going to fight, though? Do you think that he could have leveled up just a tad or no? He would have well, no, knocked out if he did. I'm, he probably would have gotten knocked out if he did. So, I'm not – listen, I'm not, you know, knocking him for – uh, you know, not winning the fighter, but he got dropped by a guy who was like really a really bad fighter. Wow, wow. So, in terms of because you're a, a legit sports fan, Stone, yeah. and I'm I'm not a legit sports fan, unfortunately. But in terms of being a legit sports fan, what do you guys? How do you guys feel about those guys coming over to combat sports and you know putting their hat? in combat sports see now i'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt because i respect the hustle like regardless of what happens with greg hardy who knows if he's actually has the confidence to do this but he's going out and getting the bag this the same way that from everybody from every sport i think if i can relate this to football and we've already done it with the live golf tour right go chase what you need to chase go bryson dechambeau he mentioned that he wanted more time with his family more time away from golf he didn't want to have to do it consistently and we see football players now that played at big colleges and and got on to mini camps for nfl teams and stuff and now they're 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 playing less hard and it's a less you know graining training that they have to do than the nfl than it is with usfl and in these other leagues so like go ahead go chase what you need to chase 
and be where you need to be. I feel like the problem is, though, guys want to stay relevant. Like, guys want to be on the TV screen. So if Greg Hardy has a lot of pride and he just got cut from the UFC, if I'm not mistaken, it's like he needs to get back on the TV screen. He needs to go make some money again. So he's going to do it. So if it's for that reason to stay relevant, I'm not on board. But if you love the hustle and you love the grind, man, find an avenue to get out there and get paid and knock somebody out if that's what you want to do. Well, like in Frank Gore's case, I actually feel like that's really like his motivation is I think he just loves to compete and he loves sports. So like this is like the one thing that he can't that he can do because right. there's no there's no real like beside the athletic commission. If they don't see you being deemed to fit to compete, they won't let you fight. But, you know, to go to play for a team, like you can get cut off that team a lot easier than you could say get cut from like the U. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, yeah, with the exception of the UFC, but like you can still find a place to fight. So it's easier to be a fighter than anything else than to play another sport, to be honest with you. I mean, I believe that 100%. And, and, and I see guys that are able to, to go to the do these other things. And like I said, man, they have my respect. I'm going to probably tune into this Greg Hardy fight because I watched his last few fights. And from a gambling perspective, man, they respected him a little bit. Like that He wasn't a massive underdog in his last three fights on the UFC roster. So I think he's still got something left in the tank. I don't know. What do you expect from him from a result I mean, standpoint? I, I, I get, it bothers me. Well, there's a couple of things that I feel about this. Like In Greg Hardy's very specific case, it bothers me how he was reacting to punches. Like Because when you get punched in the face, if your natural reaction is to turn away, then this ain't the sport for you. Right. Like, combat is not the sport for you if your natural reaction when you get punched in the face is to look away. Like You are supposed to look in the direction that the danger's coming from. And for him, when he got punched in the face, he turned away. Like, his face, like, he was turning away. Like, you're not supposed to do that. So this and, was the opposite of what you would expect him to do, is take the gloves off. If this, right. we got somebody turning away from punches, you're going to take the gloves off and take it bare knuckle? Man, that's crazy. Right. That's, it seems different. Like, that's like the opposite direction. So, like, that to me is not a good sign. Another sign is that, you know, growing up, you almost got the impression that, like, if you played in the NFL, the NBA, you know, one of, these, one of the major top three sports, that they were, like, different. Like, they were different athletes. Now we're seeing that they're not because, I mean, and not necessarily, but that they're not because they're coming over to these other sports and not really living up to the expectations that you think they would. Because you would think, okay, Greg Hardy's coming to the UFC. He's just going to dust everybody off because he was a pro bowler. He yeah, played I, in the NFL. I was one of those guys, admittedly. Right. But we see that when they came over, they're not. And it's not happening. And we saw that with, with Frank Gore in his first boxing match against the basketball player. He got dusted up pretty bad in that fight. And that we're, just, we're not seeing the – this next level of athleticism that we're expected to see. I almost feel like it's an ex- that they're getting exposed a bit. Yeah, in a world full of trolls, right, now on social media everyone wants to just bring somebody down and hate. I think that's the part that's hard for me because you got guys coming into these other sports and usually they're the ones who talk the most junk. And when I speak, I speak of Jake Paul, Greg Hardy coming to the UFC, and I remember he had an arrogant attitude about it early on as if he was going to have success early, like, Time and time again, we see these guys try to go cross sport. Like, if we were to put Tyreek Hill on a track, he wouldn't be able to race the same way we think he would. Like, he would get humbled quickly. And and I think with Greg Hardy going to do this, this is a real moment of truth. Like, who are you deep down? If if your coach, if if your former coach right now is talking publicly about you turning away from punches, 
you're really gonna go take the gloves off and try to and try to knock somebody out like the concept is crazy to me but dean i gotta ask you man on our show sheet, you lined up a fight that I think is probably <laughs> the best fight I've, I, I'm ever going to watch in my entire life. Swaggy P, Nick Young versus Blueface, baby. I mean, is this a real fight? Like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, that's a real fight. I Man, listen, in terms of the entertainment of what those type of fights bring to the table, I'm here for it all day long. All day long. All day. All day. You can have these celebrities going at it and I'm a hundred percent gonna watch because to me that's just pure entertainment. I don't care like you wouldn't even have to have a winner. Like they don't have to be a winner to me. <laughs> I just wanna I just wanna see it. Like Swaggy P versus Blueface. I gotta see that. Now have you do you have any connects that have seen them training or know what they got? Like do they have a bag that they're able to fight? Like I don't know. No, I haven't I haven't seen I know Blueface has has a fight. He has a fight online, and he fought somebody. I can't remember. Who he, and I think he won. I think he won. <laughs> so, but to me, that's hilarious. I'll tell like, you, Blueface. I'll tell you what. If a UFC legend is out here talking about how he's excited for Blueface, Bleedum, and Swaggy P to throw hands, man, I tell you what, I'm damn excited. And I know everybody that I associate with, the people I mentioned, even the social media trolls. I mean, we are all in on this one. Do you got a date? When are they fighting? Um, I don't know when that is. I gotta find. I gotta find that. But so, but I mean, I I would think that there'd be a size discrepancy too. Like I'm not sure how big Blueface is or how big Swaggy P is, but I would think that Swaggy P might have a bit of a size advantage on him. No, I'm pretty sure Blueface is tall. Tall. I think. Really? I think he sits around six four. So it makes. Oh really? Yeah. I, do. I didn't. I see. I didn't know he was that tall. Yeah, no, he's definitely tall. I mean, he's probably six four, a buck eighty, which you know, there's only a few people in the world that that weigh that. But he's skin and bones. But I mean, I think this is one to mark on your calendar. Where are they streaming and who's hosting it? So What's yeah, so I, I do know this. I do know this. It's on July thirtieth. Um, I'm not sure if it's. It might be. I don't know if it's the Zone or Fight TV. But it's one of these, uh, you know, kind of these offshoot brands that's going to be doing it. But I also know that. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell is also fighting. Oh my goodness! I mean, this is what I'm saying. Like, how, as a sports fan, how does that make you feel that these guys are coming over? To I mean, combat sports. A part of me wants to see them have success, but the other side want of me wants to see them get humbled. Like, I think it's disrespectful to you and your crowd. Like that, people think because here's the thing. Now, I mean, you have dealt with plenty of athletes, and we've seen them go on to be pros. Man, you were a damn pro yourself. Like, and I only I stopped my, my playing career at the collegiate level, but everybody I dealt with thinks they can fight. Everybody I dealt with thinks they can throw hands and thinks they grew up from the gutter right. and in the That's mud. That's my and point. Like, you, you didn't. You're about to get humbled in one way or another. That's my point is it like they think they, think they can fight. Everybody else thinks they can fight, but they're really going to go out there and try to prove that they can fight, but it's probably not going to turn out for them. We got to call. Who we got on the line, Stone? Stone. Did we got somebody on the line, Stone? And Joe and, Ju- Joe and Jupiter has something about Greg Hardy. Big Cowboys fan. Sorry oh, about that. Yeah, I was I picking know. up Joe. Okay, all right. So, Joe, what do you got? What's up, Dean? How are you, man? Good to, I'm good, good to talk man. to you again. Oh, always a pleasure, Big man. Fan I, of we, yours. we miss you, and I'm not going to hang you, hang up on you like Josh does. I miss <laughs> you. I like you. So, I want to hear what you got to say. 
Appreciate it. I got a couple questions for you, but first of all, about Greg Hardy. Um, you know, I'm a huge Cowboy fan, and back in 2015, he was a, he was a, a, a year with us. A lot of hype. You know, a lot of media was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe we're putting we're, we're putting him on our te- our team." You know, the the radio was going crazy. A lot of people didn't like it, and and then and then it lasted about a year. And then y'all's question earlier was, "What did you What do you feel like after he leaves the league?" I really haven't had any interest of him after because of you know his off the field issues before he became a cowboy was never proven or not proven, so that's still kind of a concern. Um, so you know, like I say, I don't know whatever came of that, but if 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 if, if those were true, it's really it's really sad. But as far as on the field, I was super happy to have him as a cowboy, as long as his domestic stuff was not true. Um, mm-hmm. Not sure if you have any insight on any of that. That's been about seven years ago. So, but uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't have any there? insight on. Yeah, I'm there. I don't have any insight on that. You know, like I said, when I met Greg, it was you know I. I, gave, I started fresh, and I said, all right, I'm going to treat him the way he treats me, and he's always been good to me, so I had no problem with him. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. He, and he was yeah, I didn't know you met him. That's, 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 that's awesome. Yeah, I was happy to have it. I got a couple questions for you. First of all, Austin, Texas, you know, I used to, I came from Waco, and I used to work in Austin. What's your favorite place in Austin right now? Because I've worked there for many years. It's a, it's a great city. It, it is a great city. I, I was here before, and the one thing I know about it is that, they have a lot of food trucks, and I had the hottest wings in uh, in the world in one of the food trucks. It's, we filmed it for an episode of Dana White looking for a fight. So if you go back on YouTube, go back to the Austin episode, and you'll see me. I was on the street taking my clothes off because these wings were so hot. Okay. Have you been to 6th Street? I have been to 6th Street. And okay. I, I had, yeah, I had, it's probably I had, not a good – yeah. yeah, I had a good I had a good time on Sixth Street. Sixth Street is a good was a good place for me. <laughs> if you okay. if you know what I mean, Joe. Yeah. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I know I know what you mean. Yeah, I've been I've done I've been there done that. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's a really good place. Yeah, it's been been many many years. But then another question. Um, I got to go back to the Kim Laker show real quick. Um, first of all, if if a if a if a girl if you knew a girl threw up ten minutes ago, would you still make out with her? Oh God. Oh, I don't know. Well, hey, Joe, thanks for the call, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, okay, hey, Stone. Did you guys talk? Did you guys talk about that on, you know, on Ken Lafick Alive? Thanks a lot, Joe from Jupiter, for for doing this to us and bringing this up. Because yes, we did. Jeanette Javier on Ken Lafick Alive derailed the show by saying that she would make out with somebody after vomiting within a ten minute period. Said it was no problem to her. And Joe called and talked about it. He said he'd be okay with it as long as pieces weren't. Flying from mouth to mouth. Man, it got weird. It got weird on Ken Levick Alive. So you don't have to answer that question. We handed it all from 12 to 2. It's posted for free wherever you guys get your podcast. But, Dean, progress, please, with these fights. And before we get to break, give the people one more. But, Joe and Jupiter, come on, my man. Really? I mean, Joe, that's despicable of you. <laughs> but it also depends on how good she looks. I mean, if she looked good, I might make it. You know what I'm saying? But, listen, we're going to talk about that when we come back. When we come back, we're going to play some prop bets. We're going to have a good time. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is ESPN 106.3. You're listening to Josh Cohen and the home team with Dean Thomas and Tina. Delivered by Brightline. Live life on the bright side. This is ESPN 106.3. 
And it was another full season of championships for the Kaiser Seahawks. The men's golf team recently captured their first NAIA championship. Coach Brandon Miller was named Coach of the Year, and freshman Jakob Stubhog won national individual championships. The golf team also dominated in the classroom with an average GPA of 3.8. Kaiser also captured championships in men's swimming, women's swimming, and men's soccer. But get the latest on Seahawk Athletics, go to KUSeahawks.com. That's KUSeahawks.com. And remember, ESPN 106.3 is the flagship home for Kaiser Seahawks football. Thank you, Kaiser. Welcome back. This is ESPN 106.3. I'm Dean Thomas covering for Josh Cohen, who's in the French Riviera, about to do some tennis stuff with his people over there in France. Tina is hanging out with Machine Gun Kelly. So I'm stuck with Stone today. She wishes she was hanging okay, out with she, Machine okay, Gun so Kelly. Okay, so maybe she's not. Maybe she don't have that type of clout. And Josh yet. is really in Riviera Beach eating He's French fries. He's in Riviera Beach we eating French did. fries. We, we knew that. At Bud's. <laughs> we know that. But we got a brand new game for everybody. And this game is called Who Got the Props? We're going to be placing some prop bets. Who Got the Props? All right. Cause we are here with Dean Thomas. UFC legend and basketball savant. That's right, basketball savant. I was born with basketball knowledge. Because I know my basketball, brother. Uh, who got the props? Who got the props? All right, so here's what we're going to do, Dean. I'm going to throw basketball props at you for game six tonight of the NBA Finals. Try to make you some imaginary money. But for all the gamblers listening, Dean is about to put you on game. And here's what you should do. Every single pick Dean puts out there, just go the opposite direction. And you should make <laughs> some money tonight. Dean, are you ready to go? I'm ready, man. Who got the props? I'm ready. Steph Curry points over 28 and a half. Under. Under. Clay Thompson points 20 and a half. Under. Ooh. First point scorer tonight. Who puts the ball in the basket first, Dino? Marcus Smart. Ooh, I love the pick. Who will score first tonight, Boston or the Warriors? Um, The Warriors. Ooh. Wait a minute. They can't score first if Marcus Smart's going to score first. <laughs> <laughs> nah, keep my pick. Keep it. <laughs> this way I have to get one of them right. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great call. Unless Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown put the ball true. in the basket first. Jalen Brown over one and a half blocks. Over. Draymond Green over .5 three-pointers. Does he make one from beyond the arc tonight, Dino? .5 three-pointers. No way. This guy can't shoot. He's 0 for 11 this series from yeah. beyond the arc, so that is a good pick. He won't even shoot one. So, yeah, at least, at least I know I'm getting two right. <laughs> Jordan Poole over 12 points. Over. Ooh, savvy there. Al Horford over two and a half three-pointers made. Oh, over. Al Horford can shoot. The old man, just like you, got the strap. How, yeah, how old is Al Horford? I think he's 37. God! <laughs> Last but not least, yes or no, will Clay Thompson have the most points tonight? Yeah. Ooh, Dean, that is plus 900. If you put a hundo down, you're winning $900. I'm telling you, Clay Thompson going to go off. So, Although I said earlier that he would have less than 20 points. So, Dean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, Dean that's all because... Because I know my basketball, brother. I do, man. That was Who Got the Props with Dean Thomas, a UFC legend and basketball savant. Dean, I have your plays tracked, and I can't wait to see how it shakes out tonight. You put them on Twitter, man, because I want to help 
all the listeners of Home Team Nation. I want to help them win some money and just really come up on their basketball. Now, especially if you're watching the game with people, you can go ahead and place these bets with them. And I'm telling you, you are going to thrive. <laughs> and thank me later. Thank me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Dean Thomas. Dean spelled D-I-N Thomas Stone. What's your Twitter handle? Labana with Stone. Good luck spelling that last name. Well, I mean, sound it out and then just put a stone at the end of it. As simple as that. Yeah, that's what I always do. Dean, you're so, going to make a lot of people a lot of money tonight, baby. I can't wait. That's the goal. That is the goal. Now, speaking of goals, I'm sure it's the goal of the Golden State Warriors to be a dynasty at this point. Do you consider the Golden State Warriors a dynasty, Stone? Yeah, I think one of the, they're the mo- one of the most dominant ones going right now. They're seeking their fourth Right title. now or of all time? Ah, man, I'm, I'm not ready to say all time yet. And I think people from the 80s and the 90s would argue that, you know, it was the Bulls and in the 80s it was the Lakers and it was the Celtics. So I don't know. All time, I can't do that. And also you shouldn't trust a 23-year-old talking about historic all-time records and stuff. But I will tell you that the Warriors are seeking their fourth title in an eight-season span. The last franchise to win at least four titles in an eight-season span was who, Dean Thomas? Who was it? What franchise? The Cleveland Cavaliers. Keep going. The Sixers. The Lakers. <laughs> and who else? <laughs> One more. The Heat. Oh, man. Um, Utah Jazz. They play tonight, Dina. Who the hell is it? Oh, the Celtics? Yes, sir. They are... One and two of the only three teams, if Golden State can do it, to win their fourth title in an eight-season span. It's a super crazy feat. And now when we're talking dynasties, the trio of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green are the only trio now seeking their fourth title together. They would tie Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and Tony Parker for the most titles by an all-NBA trio over the last 50 seasons. Hold so, on, wait a minute. So only those three have done it? What about um, LeBron and um, and go. Dwayne Wade and, and the other dude, the tall dude that looked like a bird? Like a dinosaur? Chris Bosh. No, man, yeah. they got two rings, man. Only oh, they two. only got two? I thought they had three. No, so, well, I mean, they, when they separated, yeah, they went on to win their own rings. Dwayne Wade won one by himself. LeBron has gone on to different teams, three different teams, and one of them, and Chris Bosh won a couple of them with the Heat. So, yeah, mm. it's just Steph, Clay, and Draymond are trying to win their fourth title together. Like I said, Tim Duncan and the squad were the only other people to do it, man. It's a crazy feat, and hopefully the confetti falls tonight, but not in TD Garden. Dean, who do you think comes out on top here? I think the Celtics will come out on top here. Again, I, because the Celtics typically play good at home, right? Like, is that the thing? Like, they, they typically play good at home when it counts, yeah, like when they, they really they, need to. They are haven't that hasn't really been their strength, and it's odd. When we talked about this series being bizarre, I think this is one of the stats to go with it, man. They just haven't been that good at home. Prior to Game 5, they were 7-1 off of a loss. Now they are 7-2, losing back-to-back games, and here they are off another loss. Like I, I do think they bounce back as well, but I think Steph Curry goes over his points mark, but Jason Tatum finally comes through in the fourth, and I can see the Boston Celtics just inching past the finish line here and then they'll bust it open late and win by double digits, man. I think Boston holds their ground tonight. I do. Here's why I think they do. Because when it counts the most, like, because I think a lot of these issues are mental. 
You know, like I said before, like when they're when they're checked out, they're just checked out, and they're, they've given up. Yeah, and I've, and that's a mental thing. That's not a physical thing. That's a mental thing. We're just like, oh no, I'm not trying no more. And I think they've done that. But I think tonight when it counts, I think they just play really hard at home and give their fans the game that they want at home. And then they're gonna go over to uh, San Francisco and get beat. Yeah, before but th- before we get out into the next break, I gotta ask you: Have you ever? fought in Boston or any sporting event been to any sporting event in Boston I asked Josh the same thing on Tuesday I've been I've been to fights in Boston I've never fought I've never personally fought there but I've been there and coached and cornered guys in Boston it's hands down some of the rowdiest fans in sports right yeah I mean it's a rowdy place like Boston people you know they'll stab you they will stab you. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was on live television the other night, the F.U. Draymond chance, and I was yeah. like, damn. Like, you know, there are little eight-year-olds watching this game that are fans of this guy Draymond and fans of these Boston Celtics, but people in the crowd shooting middle fingers. We saw Kyrie Irving do it early in the singer. They got the F.U. Draymond chance going. I don't know, man. Boston seems hostile. Like, Boston and Philly, they'll stab you out there. So, like, you got to be careful with that. <laughs> so, uh, But, like, I don't know. I just think that Boston, I think that the Celtics tonight will handle their business. Speaking of handling business, we got a couple of bills to pay. We're going to go to break. We'll come right back, finish it up. I'm going to give you some Twin Peaks fight picks. That is something I can really tell you about. Come back. Be back here. I'm going to give you some tips on the fights, Twin Peaks fight picks, and you're going to make some money. We'll be right back. This is ESPN 106.3. You're listening to Josh Cohen and the home team with Dean Thomas and Tina, delivered by Brightline. Live life on the bright side. This is ESPN 1063. Welcome back. One final segment with us here, Josh Cohen and the home team. I'm Dean Thomas, covering for Josh, along with my good guy from the Treasure Coast, from Ryo, Ryo's finest, the former Saluki. Saluki, right? Saluki, nailed it. The former Saluki, Stone Labanowitz. Stone, I got to tell you, man, it's been real. It has we been. We had a good time. It has been real. What do you got to do tonight? What's the job? Uh, just study, man. I got I to gotta study, finish up all my studies because I am working the desk uh, Friday night during the pre-show, the UFC live show. So tune in to ESPN Plus to watch that. Then I will be doing the post-show of the fight. So Tune in to watch that as well. And if you watch the fights, I'm going to give you game. I'm going to spit it for you right now. I'm going to let you know what to look for, who to look for. And then I have a question for you, actually, Stone. I'm excited for that. But for right now, two guys to look for on the card. Phil Halls, because trains down south, down in South Florida, where we live at. And I work with him every so often, so look for him. His name is Phil Halls. Then also look for Adrian Yanez. He is a fighter out of Texas who looks and fights just like George Masvidal. So if you like George Masvidal, look for Adrian Yanez. Now, the question I have for you, Stone, and I know you follow the game. Oh, yeah. Should Donald Cerrone still be fighting? Man, I don't know. It's a really good question. And I think depending on who you ask, of course, this is nothing wise, but you're going to get a different answer. But in my opinion, no. Because I, I would ask you, I'll turn it over to you, when someone gets this emotional, when someone gets so in their head and starts to talk a little differently, and we kind of touched on this with Greg Hardy, but, man, he's kind of changed in suit, right? He, he, he wasn't this kind of guy. He wasn't saying the things he was saying when he was younger, and now he's all over the place, man. He seems to be emotional, seems to be a weaker guy. I don't know. My answer is no. I agree with you. And I think the... 
what fighters should look for is like if you were to like I said before, like if you were to play in the NFL and you would get cut because you weren't good enough, you get cut, like and you can't play no more. Like yeah. that's that's what it is. And I almost feel like the same for fighting. Like if you think that like you should be getting cut from someplace, you should just stop fighting, right? Like that's kinda what the the barometer should be. Like would would they allow you to you know fight if you couldn't? I mean if you know, if they could say you couldn't, but these guys are, you know, no one can tell him he can't fight. And this is really. advice coming from somebody who knew when it was time to retire. You, Yeah, like I knew when it was time to retire, so I was like, yo, let me get out of there. Now, he's got a bright future ahead of him. Like, he's an amazing actor from what I understand. And this is coming from also me who also does some thespian. Like, I also try to act. And I'm hearing from a lot of people. He's got a movie coming out, Terror on the Prairie. He's been in a lot of different TV shows. He's done so much in the acting world. It's very difficult to do that and still be competitive and fighting. So I, I'm hoping this is his last go. If it's his last go, I'm hoping that he recognizes that and uses this as an opportunity to right all the wrongs that he's had in his last six fights because he hasn't won a fight in his last six fights. So hopefully he can just he can use that. But now it's time to give you guys some picks. Twin Peaks fight picks. I got you covered. All day long first fight of the night on the main card we got joaquin buckley versus albert doraev doraev go with joaquin buckley this guy is an amazing athlete i see him getting the job done then we next we have tim means versus kevin holland really tough fight but i got faith in kevin holland i think he's going to get the job done he's going to talk his way through a win then we have donald Cerrone, joe lozon like i said before donald Cerrone might have had his better days behind him. Go with Joe Lozon. Then in the main event, Calvin Cater versus Josh Emmett. Calvin Cater pulls this one off. He's a brilliant, brilliant fighter. Massive hands. Great boxing skills. I can't imagine it going any other way than Calvin Cater putting on an award-winning performance. Go with that one. And those are your Twin Peaks fight picks. From the man himself, the man that gets paid to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if there's nothing else that I know in, in the game is uh, fighting, and that's that's what I'm the one thing that I do know about. So go with those picks. Can't imagine it going any different. Stone, you going to be watching? I will be watching every single fight. Sometimes there are lulls in these prelims and whatnot, but I'll be tuned in, man. I love to see your face, and I love to see you spit game. What's the outfit looking like? You gotta give the inside scoop right I, here for free. I, yeah, you know, the outfit, you know, on Friday, I, I definitely got the ascot because I'm in Texas. Woo-wee. You know, in Texas, any if I get close to Dallas, anywhere within Dallas, I'm known as Dak Ascot. <laughs> you know, that's what they call me out here. So, um... <laughs> Okay, they don't call me that. I just, I just kind of call myself that. You <laughs> to know, be so. honest, I fell for it. I figured you fell for I, it. I, you said you've been to Austin a few times. You've been to Texas a bunch. I didn't know if it was real. Nah, it's not real. But I mean, it's it's real to me, Stone. It is real to me. To be honest, I've heard the Delaware Dominator, man. That's one of the weakest nicknames in the UFC history. No, it, it actually wasn't the Delaware Dominator. It was actually just the Dominator. I don't know who put that Del- the Delaware on that. Are you was, serious? Yeah, it was just the Dominator. Oh, yeah. Did you get after the person who started that? I don't know, man. I There's nothing I could have done about that. There's <laughs> nothing I, I could have done about that. But, Stone, we had a great time today. We had fun. We'll be back next week. Who's on the show tomorrow? 
Uh, I believe. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think it's uh, Josh, Tina, and probably you. Anyway, it's been real, guys. I'm Dean Thomas for ESPN 106.3.